0: You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast, and we're not going to kid around today. We're a little short on time. I got my man, Mike Sando. We had a little error air communication before, so we're going to squeeze this thing in. Mike, what is going on with you?
0: Not too much. I'm here. Air and communication, Matt. We're ready to go. Let's roll.
1: I know. Let's just let's just get moving. Um, much of this week, I have kind of pulled the curtain back from my combine experience and told things about, boy, I love the three-cone drill for edge pass rushers. I love the, uh, the, the shuttles for offensive linemen. Let's talk about weigh-ins. Well, you see the combine through a very different light. You know, actually, I had an interview (laughs) with the the pro personnel director of the Steelers. You see the combine very differently. You're not looking at weigh-ins and bench press numbers and things, are you?
0: I'm not. You know, it's funny. Did you read Wright Thompson's piece on ESPN.com today? You should check it out. It's basically looking at the... All, all the stuff that goes on at the combine, and and from my standpoint, it's like, oh wait, there's workouts and college players here. <laughs> right, I guess I right. should pay attention to that too. But isn't uh, the headline yeah.
1: something like steaks, booze, and something else? Yeah, or, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> it's shrimp cocktail. Really,
0: it's a unique event because the entire NFL coaching and personnel infrastructure is there. So if you if you have a t- uh, coaching staff, there's 25 guys on that by the time you're done with the strength staffs, so, and they're all there. The front office, you know, you're going to have all your scouts. I mean, there could be dozen people, right? So you mm-hmm. you have a huge contingency from every team. They're all in one place. So from my standpoint, you know, uh, just having relationships with people throughout the league, it's a unique time. Really the only time in the whole uh, calendar year that everyone's together and you can accomplish so much in terms of meeting new people, getting a feel for what they're thinking in free agency, those types of things.
1: I hear you got a lot of sleep in Indy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you'd never know it from looking at my terrible physique, but I got one of these Fitbit watches, right? So it tracks your sleep. So I pay attention to it. Like, I look every once in a while like, ooh, man, you better get a little more sleep this week. And it was ridiculous. (laughs) And I was there for four days and then I got 12 hours sleep. That's
1: unbelievable. Like, you would think everyone's, we're on vacation, let's sleep till noon. You know, right. Not at all you did.
0: Well, because there's so many people everywhere, it's like I can't be in the room, you know? So by 5 a.m., I'm getting antsy. I'm ready to go out there because there's people are everywhere. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not a place to sleep, I got back I got a few good, few good nights of sleep, I'm ready to go So you have a very good article
1: up Basically about Things you heard in your time Hobnobbing around Indianapolis,
0: correct? I did, yeah and then We started off with the number one pick in the draft And just the increasing feeling that the Cardinals May in fact take Kyler Murray Wouldn't that be something?
1: I had two people, I did very much less of that than you But I had some dinners And met some people I yeah. haven't had And I've had several sources just say it's done, dude. It he's the number one pick.
0: Interesting. I uh, and funny. I was talking actually talking to somebody uh, close to the Cardinals last, yesterday, and we were joking though about how you know does Arizona really know for sure? And when you look at just take a look at mock drafts for the last whatever ten years, people don't even get the number one pick right in their mock.
1: No, think <laughs> right, about it. right, right. I
0: mean, like last year, like three people had Baker Mayfield. So you know, I think I think. Kyler Murray's a good guess. I bet you they haven't fully decided what they're going to do. Okay. It just feels like it's going in that direction.
1: I hear you. Um, what would your thoughts be? I mean, I had Mark Schofield on yesterday, and I basically said, it's a terrible business decision. I mean, you just gave Rosen the uh, the money. You just drafted him. You had a wasted year with the poor guy. But I've also been a believer that if you are smitten with what you think is a difference-making franchise, difference-making quarterback. You just take them.
0: Yeah, and they already made the head coaching change after one year, so that's Mm -hmm. your big course change. So now I think you have to do what is in the interests of uh, the new coach. And in the case of Josh Rosen, it's not like he's Andrew Luck or John Elway. Right, Matt? I mean, if you had just taken a guy who everyone unanimously loved and thinks is going to be the next guy, we're not having this conversation. The fact is, you were in a very tough situation, Arizona, last year, because you were the only team in the league who had your head coach and franchise quarterback both retire, right? Sure. So you were not. You were sitting there picking 15th, desperate for quarterback. You're signing Sam Bradford, Mike Glennon. I mean, Josh Rosen was the last guy available, and you just had to take him. Doesn't mean you didn't like him, doesn't mean you don't think he can be good, but it wasn't like they took him number one overall. This isn't Carson Wentz or Jared Goff where you made this huge play up the board, Pat Mahomes, you know, one of those guys, and you're committed. They're not really committed. Uh, They're not.
1: Nothing went well for the young man in Arizona last year, but I don't blame him, and I still remain very high on him, and I was very high on him a year ago coming out of school I look at this as just an extremely good buying opportunity if I'm Washington, the Giants, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Saints. I mean, I, I, I read, and I just don't believe it, that they're going to get a third-round pick for him. I would give any third-round pick, if I'm any team in the world, for Josh Rosen right now. I might consider the one if I'm Washington or one of these teams picking later.
0: Well, you would, except that you know that Arizona has to get rid of them if they're going in this other direction. So... There's doubt on not, the only buyer, right? So me talking to people at the combine, I talked to a GM. I think he said, uh, "I can't remember who I talked to, but he, okay. he basically the idea was uh, that Arizona would, you know, ask for a one, and then the other team would would offer a two, and then you'd work something out. So if it goes down to a three, um, wow, that really would be a nice bargain. I mean, I, I'm with you. I would do that." I mean, I might do that if I already had a quarterback.
1: No matter what. I think huh. if I was 31 teams, I would do that. So I, I don't think that's I, logical.
0: Yeah, that seems too low to me, but uh, you know, maybe a two. I think if I'm Arizona and get a two out of it, it's not the I worst. can live with it. If it's I love such, Murray, you know, if I love Murray.
1: It's such a good, good deal for your cap, though, to add him. You don't have to pay his signing bonus. He's cheap labor
0: for the next four years. Even if he's a oh, backup, yeah. it's a steal. If you yeah. like him, man... You're not going to get a better opportunity because think of it. You're going to take quarterbacks who maybe aren't as good in the first round this year, possibly.
1: Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have them than Drew Locke. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to do another segment about some buzz around the NFL. We'll be right back. All right. I have to ask you this. We're recording this around noon Eastern on Thursday. Pittsburgh is a flutter with A-B talk and it's supposedly going to happen in the next 24 hours, maybe when you guys are listening to this. There's already a deal done, and if there is, I'll make sure I do a special podcast to break it down. But I did see some Steeler nuggets from you, and I'm sure you heard some Antonio Brown talk in, in Indianapolis.
0: Yeah, I, I did. You know, there's a mix. Um, there's a lot of people really turned off by how he's kind of conducted himself here. That's one element. There's a lot of people who don't know what the Steelers are doing by basically saying Ben Roethlisberger has the freedom to criticize everyone on the team. That seemed yeah, I wanted weird. to bring that up, too. And then, yeah, I don't like that at all. Um, and then uh, the third one is, like, where would uh, where would he go? Where would Antonio Brown go? And, you know, Adam Schefter can't get a much better source than Adam Schefter, you know, saying the, the three teams would be Washington, Oakland, and Tennessee, which of those, I, to me, Oakland makes a lot of sense. Just mm-hmm. John Gruden, former receiver coach, that's how he came into the league. He's obviously known for quarterback coaching, but he's a receiver coach. Coach Sterling Sharp, Coach Tim Brown. Keyshawn Johnson and brought in Jordy Nelson. He just has a history of working with the veteran wideout. Uh, obviously, that would help um, their offense a lot and, uh, you know, give them a boost. So um, I could see John Gruden making a push for him.
1: Do you think this is on on, on target, that the Steelers have created this Friday or, you know, get, get your offers in by Friday thing because A.B. might do something crazy on Saturday? You know like he <laughs> we got to get him out now before he totally sabotages the whole thing
0: that's funny, yeah i I mean, maybe they just want to have it done going into free agency, I mean,
1: I could see that too, uh, but
0: I don't trust them to uh,
1: boost his, value. yeah,
0: yeah, and I think they they want to create they they want to see what the best value is they can get now, and if it's not good enough, they just may wait and hold on. I mean, they already showed they'll let levy and Bell sit there all year, so mm-hmm. um. You know, ultimately, I think that they want to see how motivated is Antonio Brown to go somewhere else because he's got to, that's part of this, too. He can't just go. He can't just say he needs a new contract and all this type of stuff because it'll affect who wants him. Right. Right. right.
1: So if I spin this through Gruden and the Raiders eyes, I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, OK, I'm not a I'm not a contender, but I can tell my fan base and I don't know that Gruden even cares about that, but ownership might. Hey, I turned Amari Cooper into into Brown. And we're going to Vegas. We're going to sell a lot of 84 jerseys in silver and black. He's going to be on the billboard. Maybe we add Bosa or a pass rusher with that that early pick. And we can say we turned Mack and Cooper into the best receiver in the league and a younger version of Mack. And we have another first-round pick at our fingertips.
0: Yep. No, you could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think John getting uh, Antonio Brown in a room could you know, possibly connect with him and try to convince him on what we're doing here, and it's a little bit of a sell on Oakland and the role he would play there, and, you know, look, we'll get you the ball, that type of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, been, you know,
0: he's been with Jerry Rice. You know you know what I mean?
1: Right, right, right. He's been around the block. I mean, Sterling Sharp, yeah. and you know, right. Um, do you think it's safe to say, and again, this is pure speculation, and we might sound stupid for we you bringing it up, but do you think the Steelers end up with one of those two late firsts from Oakland if it is a, a Raiders-Brown to Brown deal?
0: You would think so. It
1: seems the most logical, yeah. doesn't it?
0: That, that does seem logical to me, yep.
1: I mean, as opposed to the redskin second and a future third, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that seems like yeah, a fair now, swap, get it, be done.
0: Sometimes, though, you know, what you could do is do a, you know, get a one, but... Uh... You know, Oakland throws in a later round pick. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it sort of just offsets a little bit. You get the same number of picks, that sort of thing. I mm-hmm. could see that type of exchange. Then Steelers can say, hey, we got a one. And Oakland can say, yeah, but we didn't really give up. a. We gave up. We got something back. So it's, it offsets a little bit. Somehow the Steelers third ends up in
1: Oakland or whatever. You know, right? Yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I also think, and you've, you really convinced me this a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if your tune has changed, but I think the Beckham talk is real. And after the brown dominoes fall, if I'm intent on trading him, I kind of like where I stand from the Giants' perspective. I think you maybe get two first for him.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, the Browns maybe not two this year, but right? Like you, right. You get, the yeah, equivalent. Yeah. yeah. Of first and a second. Yeah, and because a he's third. young. You know, he he's younger, and for all his little, you know, for the times that he has uh, created distractions. Um, it hasn't come to a head like this. You know what I mean? Right, right. So um, that would be interesting. I mean, I guess you'd be saying if you're the Giants, um, hey, we got Barkley, we're going to run the offense through him and through Evan Ingram and, and Shepard, we have enough weaponry. We'll draft a guy too, maybe, you know, pick up a value receiver and uh, move on. I just, oh, why did you re-sign him? I mean, you <laughs> know what I mean? Bad a, just right. a generational talent at wide receiver. Isn't that what you want on your team?
1: I know. I'm sitting here thinking – have Eli in the room with Haskins or Rosen handing it and throwing it to Barkley, Ingram, Shepard, and Odell, and maybe a free agent offensive lineman. That ain't so bad.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see Rosen in that after what he went through in uh, <laughs> with Arizona where he had basically no weapons beyond uh, Larry.
1: Right, and a backup offensive line and all those terrible things. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then i got a couple more questions, a little more free agency-based. Uh, we'll be right back. All right, what right, got free agency right around the corner. Things happen so quick in this league. Seemed, I mean, we just got home from the combine, and franchise tags are being, you know, that, that's come and gone. And you have a, a takeaway number seven here, that not all cap space is the same. And that's one sure. reason why the Jets and the Colts are on different planets entering free agency. And for those that don't know, these are two of the teams with the most quote to spend, $96 yeah. million and $106 million. Explain that to everybody, please.
0: Yeah, so the cap space is basically what your limit is on spending. So, uh, you know, if you if both those teams have around a hundred million in cap space, but the difference is that the Colts have a lot more money, cash committed to players next year. So their owner's not going to say, hey, they, they the Colts have hundred and thirty million dollars committed to next year. Their owner's not going to say, hey, let's spend two hundred and thirty million this year, right? They're not going to add a hundred on top of that. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, for those that don't realize, that's because that's his money. You know, I mean, that, that's out of he's yeah, yeah. writing a check so, for real
0: money. This isn't Monopoly. Yeah, so basically teams carry over cap space. So if it's unused, you can carry it over, and you can end up with a higher cap than someone else has. You can have more spending. So the idea is the Colts have uh, way more cash committed to players next year than the Jets do. So the, of those two teams, the Jets would be more likely to spend a lot of money also, the Jets have a GM on the hot seat, whereas Chris Ballard was just named Executive of the Year by the Pro Football Writers of America. You know, they went to the playoffs. They, they, you know, you know what I mean. They're, they, they mm-hmm. won a playoff game. There's no pressure on Chris Ballard to go out there and save his job by signing Le'Veon Bell, right? I mean, they've got a long-term plan and they can afford to to, to just move forward. They got their quarterback. He's paid. Everything's set. So. Um, that's the difference. Don't just look at how much cap space you have. Look at how much uh, – also look at how much you're spending next year because those two things aren't necessarily correl- correlating the same for for multiple teams.
1: And I always bring it back to being on the field, too. I mean, it's a lot different to add pieces around Sam Darnold, who I like, but isn't in Andrew Luck's category. Like, I thought the Colts were going to win five or six games last year. But their quarterback is so strong, I don't know that they can you know, be any worse than an eight- or nine-win team going forward. He's a superstar. He can elevate those around him where it make more sense for the Jets to sign Tevin Coleman or Le'Veon Bell or a left tackle with you know, a little more money than the Colts would.
0: Totally, yep. No, I'm with you 100%. Uh, and I, that's why I think all signs point to the Jets spending a ton of money, whereas the Colts will make a signing or two. but they're not going to go to the way top of the market. It's just not how they, they see it. It's not, yeah. how they, not how they operate, and there's no pressure for them to do it, even though they have the cap space.
1: They're a little bit more of a, a glacier. I mean, they're, they're a slowly building culture that's working really well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's another article on ESPN I urge people to check out. It's basically a giant preview of the of free agency. Kevin Seifert does a lot of it, friend of both of ours, great dude. Saw him in Indy. And he mentions three other teams that could be big spenders. And one of them correlates to your article. That's the Raiders. We kind of touched on them. Do you think they're going to be aggressive?
0: Uh, They are the big wild card to me because I think that I do buy into some of the thinking that cash is an issue with them. I mean, why else are you moving stadiums, right? They they need more revenue. So uh, there's a little bit of a conflict between the idea that when I talk to people in Indy, they're like, the Raiders are in on all these deals. Man, it looks like they're going to be active. But at the same time, um, what did they do last year? They basically slashed pay. You know, After signing veterans and free agency, they got rid of Khalil Mack. They got rid of, you know, Amari Cooper, who right, they were going right. to have to pay. And their owner uh, is sitting in a terrible stadium situation, isn't probably sitting on just mounds of cash. Also, they have a lame duck year this year. It's not like you need to sell tickets in Oakland. You're trying to gear mm-hmm. everything to the next year. So I think point. they're a wild card team. They've been um, hard to peg, hard to predict. If you would have looked at last year, there wasn't a lot of co- coherent plan there it seemed like they went one way they zigged they zagged so what are they now now they're going to this offseason they're going to pay 20 million in cash to Derek Carr next year do they love him um probably not would they move him would they decide to save the 20 million in cash get a different cheaper quarterback spend that money on something else I think all options are on the table and there's really one guy there in John Gruden who's making those decisions no offense, Mike Mayock, I'm sure your input is highly valued. Exactly. We know actually, how it's structured, right. Yeah, we, we know how it is. So um, I think I think there's a lot of, they could go any number of ways. And uh, they have gone any number of ways already.
1: Right. And, and that's what I was going to say is if Gruden falls in love with Flowers and Landon Collins, nobody's going to be, you know, chaining. I mean, he's going to be in it heavy, Right. I mean, if they decide, no, I would yeah. I
0: don't think so. Yeah, unless, you know, the owner could say, hey, John, uh, let's wait till we get next year and we'll have a little bit more cash. I don't know that. But mm-hmm. I think John's going to, any decisions they make, John's going to drive. And if he falls in love with the quarterback or something, um, you know, they could go that direction.
1: Uh, two more teams that he mentioned. One is staying in the Bay Area, the Niners. They were linked to AB a little bit. Uh, they've been li- linked to Beckham. Uh, they have an early pick. I mean, if they had two or three decent free agents with Jimmy coming back, they're going to be the team everybody's, you know, you say this every time. Isn't that every year that we all, everybody picks the Niners to be the the come-from-nowhere come, come from nowhere team?
0: Yeah, they, their problem is they just got to play, they got to beat out the Rams and Seahawks, who are pretty good already, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Seattle did their rebuild on the fly, was a 10-win team basically last year, um, and isn't going to get worse, in my opinion, this year. So... Um, 49ers, I think, are going to feel the pressure because they're going to have spend? the healthy quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. I think they get Earl Thomas probably. Huh? Um, okay. You know, obviously, they need edge rush help, which the draft is good for. But uh, I could see them being active again. They have been in the past. The head coach has driven some expensive moves. Um, you know that they've made in last year with McKinnon coming over from from Minnesota. They got check the fullback, obviously. Um, so. I could see them being targeted. I just feel like, I feel like there's pressure there. Not that they're going to get fired, but there's pressure to, like, the rubber's going to hit the pavement this year, and it better not be 5-11.
1: and 11. Right, right. And that's what Kevin says here in the article. He's just like, hey, but the truth is they have a 4-12 and 12 and a 6-10 and 10 season hanging over them. You know, I mean, we know how this league works.
0: They got 10 wins. You know, Sean McFay's got that each year for two years. So, you know, that stuff matters.
1: It does. Many of us, have t- Eagles are the last one on the list, and then we'll wrap it up with that. And we know it's an aggressive front office. Um, a year removed from a Super Bowl title, uh, everyone looks at them and says, "But they don't have any cap space." And then it goes back to your your argument about, "Well, does cap space really matter?" You know, I mean, it, it, the cash situation yeah. and moving on from Timmy Jernigan, they can cut Peters, they can make space. I bet they do something. I bet there's one splash move at least in Philly.
0: Oh, I I agree. Now, they are a team that, you know, there is sort of real and fake being strapped by the cap. And I think they've been closer to real. You know, they've they've had real challenges with it. But you're right. We're seeing them start to position now. Obviously, Foles leaving, um, you know, is part of that, too. So uh, I do agree with you. I think they're not going to stand pat. I think they never have been. I think they've been active. They'll find creative ways. Trade markets always an option, too.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, You look at some of those teams like, you know, New England does that. The Rams have done it. Uh, Seattle's done it. I mean, those are kind of some of the better teams in the league as far as just trying to find different ways to get players. It's not just all through the draft, you know. Absolutely. Those draft picks can get you veteran players, too.
1: Absolutely. You know, the, the Patriots have done that for years. The Rams have done that recently. You know, good examples. And they are a very aggressive front office, forward thinkers. Uh, I bet they make a move or two. Yep. Mr. Sando, this was a blast. It was good seeing you in Indy. You were a very busy man. I didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't hang a whole heck of a lot. But hopefully you can get some sleep this week.
0: Hey, you know what? And you, unsolicited, b- bought me a cold beverage uh, I did. There, and I, did I appreciate that. appreciate I appreciate sure. that. I, I, have, I have a two-beer limit at the Combine because I just, you can't get to tired overnight right you you're one of the few i
1: bet that has that limit by <laughs> I, am, uh, I am but
0: you bought so you supplied 50 percent of my uh
1: your intake for the evening Yeah, huh? you know, my intake
0: for the evening i appreciate it very much
1: oh you are very welcome and thank you so much for your thursday contributions my friend thank you all right over and out folks i will be back tomorrow i told you i got a special present for you tomorrow i think you'll like it uh check back then see you later